ජාත්‍යන්තර මූල්‍ය අරමුදල සමග මා කල සාකච්ඡාවට පසුව වාසි හා අවාසි අධ්‍යයනය කොට තවදුරට ඔවුන් සමග එක්ව කටයුතු කිරීමට මා තීරණය කළා Welcome to the hottest sweatiest swelteriest podcast in the history of podcasts that you will find only in Sri Lanka This is the dog house I'm not imagined this is my good friend and I also watchdogs data wizard Yudanje Vijayratha today is Thursday the 24th of March 2022 is when we are recording this and we've been waiting hours to get the recording started but the power cuts have been they yeah. haven't been running on any kind of schedule we've been without yeah. power for a few hours now the place that we are recording this in um doesn't seem to be on any schedule known to man god or cb for that matter so we are just at this point we've just given up and we are starting we decided that we're going to do this with the sweat i can feel the sweat pooling in my uh, headphones as well <laughs> we'll be touching on you know why the cb and why power and energy in this country is in such a mess as well but the reason that it is the way it is really stems down to uh uh the economic mismanagement that has mm-hmm. been happening and which we have covered in a series of long uh, ongoing series of long form articles on watchdog that have been put together by our resident economist umesh moramudalia shout out to uh umesh as well, well. Yep. well done on well done on that so either let's talk about uh the problems i mean uh most recent developments we know just as we heard in that little montage of clips that we started off with mm-hmm. we are now going to the IMF essentially we're vague about what we're going to be doing with the IMF also there's uh, as of yesterday the all party representative committee or APC as it's been called the media has been meeting minus the two biggest opposition or two of the uh, biggest opposition parties the SJB JVP and also uh, the CWC hmm. uh, amongst others but we also saw what people they were talking about but before i get into what was said at the APC a quick recap what's happening with the sri lankan economy the first part on our series sure sure so one of the interesting things for me was when we wrote this piece one of the most overwhelmingly common reactions was sort of who do we blame for this like sri lanka is in economic crisis that we know but who do we blame for this and the simple answer is that this is decades of economic mismanagement catching up to us and it's caught us at a really bad time when uh, covid-19 has essentially decimated our exports logistics tourism traditional sectors that have kept lots of foreign currency uh, coming into the country it's also caught us at a time when we have to make massive repayments of loans which i'll get into and the you know the the thing that we have to highlight first before we get into this is this has been a long time coming and now let's get to what 
this is right so of course um i think one of the one things that we were talking about earlier was that our gdp per capita has been rising pretty consistently uh, sri lanka as a as a country theoretically we have been at least on paper we look like we are developing quality of life life is increasing that's typically what gdp hdi scores going up exactly exactly now we had a look at the household income and annual expenditure survey and we pointed out that despite the gdp per capita rising the actual distribution of that money you know you expect yeah. the household and annual income uh, household income and expenditure survey so whether whether like there's social mobility in the yeah, country and yeah. whether inequality yeah. is being addressed. like the sri lankan household income and expenditure survey divides the population into quartiles yeah. right and it says uh, okay for this percentage of the population like 20 the bottom 20% of the population the household income there still floats at around 17000 rupees and even the upper what we think of as upper classes the top 20% of the population household income is at 196000 rupees now these two are poles apart right and this is this is sort of the wealth gap that we are looking at but even so the this hasn't really mirrored the massive rise in gdp per capita that shows up on paper and makes us look good one very important thing to remember is that as our gdp per capita rose we eventually got classified as a middle income ca- uh, country we were a low income country in the past and therefore lots of countries were willing to give us loans project loans uh, you know you repair concessionary loans exactly you repair yeah. this highway or you build this thing you take 30 years to do it you don't pay us a lot of interest that's fine you're a, you're poor people will we like to help you all kind of this is country level csr you mentioned that in the hies that's the household income and expenditure survey uh, you take the bottom quartiles yeah um their sort of median income has not increased by as much by as much and in fact top. in fact the percentage of the economy that the bottom 20% indeed the bottom 40% controls has actually shrunk between 2016 and 2019 it's still shrinking yeah. so that's shrunk a situation but a small amount but shrunk but a small amount but that's where we find ourselves in like we are not seeing the fruits of economic development like even though the numbers have been going up it's not like we've been in a country where suddenly everyone has better prospects that's not the case yeah so, so this is basically the meat of uh, uh, of umesh's first piece what's happening with the economy like yeah. what what is it that is happening with the sri lankan economy and people have been i know that uh, umesh kind of condensed it yeah. uh, in a bit when i say condense it's still 3000 it, it's, it's a long But piece still, it's a very long piece it's a uh, lot it's of not, data th- there's a lot of data in there and it's it's perfect for the layman to kind of understand yeah uh, where the economy is at and uh, uh it's interesting uh, at the apc uh, yesterday that's wednesday the day before our, our recording you look at the uh, the statements that were being made and you wonder whether the people in that room had even that level of Or understanding you, see, you, you kind let's, of wonder where yeah. the what reality these people are yeah. in, right let's have a quick listen to uh, some of those uh, some of the sentiments that were expressed there uh, specifically by the finance minister the governor of the central bank 
and also our inimitable ex-prime minister, Mr. Ranil ृदू मटका <laughs> क्रिटिकार whether people meet at uh, the apc or they meet at the parliament i think there's a few things that they need to understand and these things are important they are about the economy and you can't resolve this stuff with rhetoric and i want to make this very clear like there's no there's no quick fix there is no amount of fancy speeches you can give that will fix this problem and here are like the three core problems that umesh outlined yeah. uh, in that excellent piece on the economy right yeah Firstly is that from 2013 onwards there's been a steady decline in our economic growth rate and that's essentially the percentage of gdp increase, increase. so while our gdp has been increasing it's been increasing along a very slowing increasingly slowing trajectory and it dips it dips this 2001 recession it dips post war there's a huge construction boom so it rises and it everything looks rosy but then post war construction ends and again it dips and the post war construction boom also funded primarily through project project loan exactly exactly uh, again a debt fuel a debt fuel rise debt that fuel growth around to 2013 starts to slow down and now we begin the sinking downwards then there's also the problem that while our absolute income from exports again has been rising our exports has as a percentage of our gdp has been declining since 2000 yeah since 2000 since so 2000. Yeah. this is not like they, we can't really blame the rajapaksas no, for no, this no it's not it's not any one single it's not any one single it's successive yes. this is what you get when you keep electing idiots who just know how to make fancy speeches and don't understand math and i understand i'm being a bit of a bit of an elitist here but at some point the math has to make sense right yeah. um so exports as a percentage of gdp just keep cratering so what that what what that means is that the government has less money right can you guess what the other part of the problem is taxes taxes this is not so, collecting taxes yes cutting taxes so sri lanka actually has uh, potential you know uh, 
on on another sort of program that uh, that I'm on, we had uh, an investment sort of advisor, someone in financial services. It was basically going, guys, you need to tax us. Yeah, these are like some of the richest yes. people in the country are saying, you some yeah. some not all some of the richest people in the country are saying, guys, you need to tax us because we have we have in practice a regressive tax rate, right? We call yes. ourselves socialists, yes, but wealth is not being redistributed. No, our we taxes. have a regressive tax rate because of indirect taxes. So the poor and the middle classes yeah. bear a disproportionate. So the, the thing about the, how our taxes, taxes work is it's extremely primitive. And it doesn't ever align with any of the agendas of a welfare state, right? The idea of taxation is you, idea of welfare state taxation is you take from the rich and you give to the poor. Actually, let's talk about countries with uh, functioning sort of social funded infrastructure. Any of the Nordic countries, you're going to be paying 50% in income taxes. You will get functioning roads, you get uh, clean air, you get good policy in return for half your income. Yeah, so don't not pay your taxes, yeah, but so demand a quality of service yeah, for the taxes. Yeah, so the problem paying. in Sri Lanka is we keep dropping our taxes as a percentage of GDP. If you look at like government income from taxes from 2000 to 2020, we keep just arbitrarily dropping taxes. And this is usually done to win elections. Now, for example, uh, in the recent uh, Rajapaksa government, when Gotabe Rajapaksa came to power, what happened? He dropped taxes. Now, the problem is the government doesn't have revenue. It has, doesn't have much revenue from exports. Now, you're dropping revenue from taxes. What you get is a government that doesn't have money. So, as a result, the problem with the Sri Lankan economy is on a piece of paper, the GDP per capita keeps going up. Nobody is seeing that money because poor people aren't seeing that money, middle class people aren't seeing that money. The government certainly isn't seeing that money. And even honestly, if you look at it from purely so sort of sociopathic principles, I would say even the rich aren't getting money. <laughs> this is just a very stupid way to run an economy where since Your 2000. Are getting yes, just like since 2000, seekers. we've been tanking it. Yeah. And what do you do when you consistently tank an economy? Now you need to take loans because your country can't run itself. Dude, this is so no, bad. We're taking loans to pay salaries when we're taking yeah. like the a lot of the ISPs and stuff that yeah. you're taking with like you're taking loans not just to repay loans, you're taking loans for day to day operations. Exactly. Of the you're That's taking loans to pay government salaries. Um for example there was this thing about ICTA a while ago where they had to use funding from the Gates Foundation, which was something else. They ran into issues and they had to say, hey, we are temporarily going to use your money to pay salaries. Now, uh, this is, of course, anecdotal. I don't think the ICTA will at least say this on a press release and say, well, we had to talk to our donors. But this is an extraordinary stupid state of affairs where your country can't run itself without massive amounts of cash being thrown at us in the form of loans. And this is excessively even stupider when you think about the fact that this economy that we are talking about is so small that a single Kardashian can bankroll it. <laughs> right? This is how bad, this is how bad our management is. Random Hollywood celebrities. Teenagers. Teenagers are better than 21 million people. 
this is what I want to tell those people at the all at the all party all congress. congress all you're doing is making speeches random tiktokers <laughs> who are looking at the data are doing better than you are yeah. even the imf is going to be prescribing this you have to go to the imf with a plan of how you're going to do yeah. it and there are multitudes of ways in which you can do it yeah. but basically the three things that need to happen cut public spending increase uh, tax revenue. you need a tax you need tax a revenue, revenue base. Base as a percentage yeah. of gdp yeah, yeah. and increase exports again as a percentage of gdp yeah. not just the absolute yeah. and there are multitudes of ways that you can go about doing this yeah. like with cutting public spending you can choose to cut welfare programs like the sum of the or you can choose to cut uh, various other programs yeah. as well or you could choose to you know downsize the military I mean we have multiple ministries for the same damn job. The same we job. have the depart we have the Ministry of Energy, we have the Ministry of Atomic Energy. Yeah. Where's the nuclear reactor in this country? Yeah. Uh, so serious <coughs> well, policy for the future maybe. Yeah. They're developing policy for the future. Well, maybe. Um, okay, I wouldn't trust any of them <laughs> with anything close to a nuclear reactor. But but you're right, like at a point you so very soon yeah. very soon it it doesn't matter like in this instance ideology doesn't really matter you really have to look at two things what are the inputs of a system like what income is coming into this country what are the outputs and what processes are we certain that we like we absolutely have to keep now okay. i would argue that we should never defund healthcare Definitely we should not. never defund education. education. In, in fact, I would say we should fund education fund more. more. I'm with you on the fact that we don't need this massive military. It's not just the army, right? Because the other side of the equation is plenty of people go, well, we need to encourage working from home. We need to stop giving jobs to graduates. Like we need to stop handing out government jobs. We need to start um, again. We need to stop handing out government jobs where there is no properly defined job role or goal sure. to achieve sure. where so, you don't want i mean sure hire people if you have a job that needs to be done hire someone that's qualified to do it don't have people to just come into government offices sit behind a desk and twiddle their thumbs all day sure so there are like what i'm and what i want to highlight is these ways that we have just discussed you know defunding the military does it need to be that large you know getting at least clamping down on this thing of just handing out jobs the moment you want votes uh, these are all points that people have brought forward as things that we should do and what is going to happen is as our economy tilts further into crisis these things stop being talking points and they start to become very hard realities that you have to now look at and then go okay are we doing that how much money does that save us um, can we function without it? Can we function without a large military? Can we function mm. without um, without fuel subsidies? Now, certainly we tried with fertilizer. Yeah. Um, one of the most disastrous experiments of our recent times is just looking at farmers and going, hey, y'all, you're all going to be doing organic. No more fertilizer for you. And what happened? $200 million had to be handed out to farmers uh, to compensate for the losses. But even more than that, the entire food supply of the country was impacted yeah. from producer to consumer. Um, we have had to rely on massive amounts of imports yeah. um, just to keep 
food on the tables and even now look at the prices of food right experts have been talking about this for, for a, a long while. time for yes. decades so in fact we're actually going to play you uh, this clip from a round table back in November 2019 just before he exited as governor of the central bank uh the gov- uh, then governor of the central bank dr indrajit kumaraswamy had a dire warning and he noted that which whoever comes into government they're going to have to deal with these yes. problems and i mean it's i would say it's prophecy except that it's not it's, it's not, not it's, it's actually logical not none of it's what we're talking logical about logical prediction yes none of what we're talking about is news to anyone who has looked at the numbers yeah. and the sad part is before we get to dr kumar sami's clip i'd like to point out the sad part is that the numbers are publicly available yeah on the central bank website and this is my disappointment with the politicians at the apc and so on and it the people advising them yeah and it doesn't matter how good you sound in rhetoric how many retweets you get how many people clap for your speech you got to have back it up with the numbers yes and any and the thing is these numbers are available this is not rocket science or brain surgery these numbers are there umesh was kind enough to crunch them for us but any person who's been looking at these numbers for the last so many years has been saying hey we're heading for a problem and we need to keep the lights on so we need to be really careful yeah So things have come to a head now but as we said people have been warning about this for years if not decades let's say a quick listen to what Dr Kumar Swami had to say this just reminded that this clip is back from November in 2019 at a round table discussion now that we are an upper middle income country we are exposed to rating agencies and international capital markets and in my view in the foreseeable future we are going to have to have some kind of relationship with the IMF we may not borrow money from them but we'll have to have some kind of relationship because in the next 3 to 5 years we are going to have to borrow about 3 billion us dollars per year from the market to be able to meet our obligations and still maintain a reasonable level of imports so that what whoever is in power that is going to be a binding constraint uh we have to be realistic and understand that a significant amount of our economic sovereignty has been handed away nobody has come and taken it away from us but given the way we have managed our affairs that is the situation we now find ourselves in no one really should be surprised that it has eventually come to this yeah where are we now yeah where do we well, go from think here? about it this this way right if you were making x thousand rupees a month and you kept consistently taking out loans because you wanted to fund a far more lavish lifestyle let's say you make 60000 rupees a month and you want to fund a 300000 rupee lifestyle that's what we've been doing and those things are now hitting and the timing is really bad because it's hitting at the end of a covid-19 crisis of course fuel prices are going up as well and it's also combined by decades of loss making state enterprises we saw this with the piece that we did on cb where the selon uh, electricity board is a loss making enterprise that makes losses on every uh, unit of electricity it generates then the selon petroleum corporation has to sell uh, fuel to the cb at again at a loss and as a result the selon petrol petroleum corporation owed over 690 billion rupees to the treasury 
trying to import fuel so these are you know these are systems that have been set in place a long time ago that make this thing unsustainable right now we are a country in need of a sugar daddy and yeah. we've been running this way since well, the thing is we've been running on sugar daddies we, for the longest we've time. always been running on sugar daddies and now so, uh, the sugar daddies have kind of gotten yes, sick of us this isn't yeah. the first wake up call like 2000 2001 we had a recession uh, but um, we seem to have really bad memory so this is think of this as another really bad wake up call and uh, you know we need to fix a number of things we need to fix our tax ratio we need to fix the export performance it's deteriorating yeah. we cannot rely on primary industry yeah. for you know because this is this is you 2022 we're into more complex exports yes this is 2022 products. we are exporting tea rubber and coconut yeah. like british colonial times crops right yeah. we are living in a world where tiny countries like taiwan export semiconductors and chips on 5 nanometer fabrication processes we are selling coconuts and so we can't keep playing to the fact that we've had these things therefore we need to maintain these things no 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 this is a shock to the system and you have to react or die then we have to fix rising inequality as we talked about right at the start of the episode with the household income and expenditure survey it shows that the bottom 40% of the economy is slowly losing and i think that share. has become really visible in the yes. current crisis yes. you look at i mean it's it would be so comical like farcical almost if it weren't so tragic that's the you thing you look at uh, people are suffering and yes. it's the arrogance yes. of the the ruling elite if you want to call them that or or the arrogance of those who who have been elected into this, power no, by these just, people this is just and bad the system design yeah, with bad in- really incentives bad. because we're not just saying oh poor people aren't making money it's people are finding it difficult to feed themselves they are people dying, are dying in, in fuel queues right this is no longer a oh well that class of person can't afford an ivy league education shit anymore it's bro people can't eat yeah. um and we really need to fix animals. rising inequality for all that we call ourselves a socialist state for all the socialist parties in who the very con- much crony capital yeah yeah for all these people i mean all these people get up at places like the apc and they say oh we have to fix this we have to fix this yeah fix it how give bullet points give numbers sure. you, and and also we've identified the three main issues yes. that you need to fix and also there's a there's spending. another point that Umesh highlighted overall there's this lack of financial discipline and we'll get into that when we start looking at debt but one of the things that he highlighted was that we spend exorbitant amounts on stuff that we can't afford yeah um you brought it up with the idea of waste and mm-hmm. how we have a bloated government we have a bloated civil service we have an incredibly bloated military I mean, the the finance minister himself admitted it right he said the yeah. the public service is a burden on the state exactly so we can we are like we really need financial financial discipline yeah. because this is i think we've run into that hard point where political rhetoric can no longer overcome reality it cannot i would like to challenge the organizers of these protests i would like to challenge the politicians i would like to challenge the quote unquote thought leaders here and say if you are capable of putting this much time and energy into press conferences and protests 
take that time present the policy yes sit down tell us how you're going to fix the problem don't tell us why not, you're going not just some uh, plan yeah, yeah. or rhetoric oh we are going to fix it no no, no. It's, uh, tell me exactly how i want it's numbers number. i want causality i want bullet points. how is this going to affect me yes will i have to pay more taxes yes. which taxes am i going to have to pay exactly is my pay e tax going to increase or am i going to be paying more exactly. that are we paying more we in income taxes exactly yes. what you're going to do to fix is my sub bank going to increase or am i paying or is the bank going to periodically take money from me yeah um when i you know when applying for x thing are these subsidies there or are they not going to be there look at all of these systems yeah. they are there they are documented the data is available you have no excuse not to sit down for a week a month whatever but come out with a plan that says in bullet points we are going to do x y and z we are go- these are the numbers this is why we are doing it this is how this came to be and this is why we have to make these changes and i mean man go to parliament it costs a couple of million rupees we're a day paying, already we're for paying each for the sitting shit. of parliament that's where you're supposed yes. to be discussing these things it costs a few million rupees every time parliament yes parliament every time sits. parliament is convened each sitting of parliament costs a few million rupees hell they have a gym <laughs> they have so a gym you've got your offices you don't need to go meet elsewhere yeah. you already got your meeting place a beautifully designed yes. building you've by one a, of the you've countries you've got a you've got a bar design building <laughs> yeah. in the middle of a freaking artificial yeah. lake you've got a gym you've got your biryani and your yeah. packet go to what you, you don't need so a change of scenery you go go, do, go there and get the job yeah. done thanks you the uh, very interesting if if you uh, if you're wondering why we sound so annoyed and irritable it's cuz um the sweat has dripped yeah. from our brows to our eyes this is now into um, our mouths so this we're is feeling now five, very salty yeah it's now 5 <laughs> hours 30 minutes into a power cut and yeah. we are really exhausted and it's a choice between do the podcast or take this large pieces of metal into which you're speaking and yeah. go bash someone on the head with them <laughs> so we choose to do the lesser evil thank you so much for listening Yeah. And I just want to bring this up Nadeem that we are doing a series of pieces on a the economy yeah. uh food supply food as well. Supply. So we've been on the economy piece Umesh is taking point on that. We've looked at the 30,000 foot view all of the things that we've just talked about now they're not just rhetoric the data the numbers the charts are there. And we've got things coming up on uh, the new uh, special GST yep. uh, tax the uh, currency swaps yep. that we've and been doing. And what happens if you go to the IMF? Uh, and of course on the podcast on the next episode of the doghouse we'll be talking about the debt the actual yes. breakdown of debt yes what we owe what loans have we taken what we owe who we owe it to when do we have to pay it back exactly yeah so some big projects coming up that we're really excited about at uh, at the doghouse uh, at team watchdog our newest uh, long form pieces also uh, will have been published by, i mean i, I want to bring up something that you were instrumental in making um we have uh, one of the first data projects that we're doing up yeah. which is a comp- which is a look at corruption in st- using a statistical view visualizations of what sri lanka's corruption looks like how the international community views it how the private sector views it what institutes were raided uh, what government institutes were raided for what reasons and this is a bunch of complex visualizations yeah. that we've that we are going to keep updating so that yes. every year when you come back to it at any given moment you should be able to visit the page and go what's the state of corruption in the country we're hoping today? to keep it updated at any new at any moment that we uh, receive more 
more data and uh, of course n- uh, potentially even new data sets and indicators uh, there's also extensive footnotes on that piece uh, you'll find it at uh, the watchdog.team website under long form data projects there's also extensive footnotes in that piece that kind of explain what's not being captured yes, and the problems that we had with the data we had yeah, in looking through the data. annual reports looking through all this yeah. data going hang on some of these numbers don't match right it's important to uh, <laughs> read and visualize the entire thing yeah. don't stop don't stop at the top <laughs> don't stop at the top all right uh, thanks yuda it's uh, it's been great fun uh, some really exciting projects coming up uh, you know you mentioned this earlier when we were talking about how sometimes we feel like we're selling front row seats seats to, to the apartment uh, yeah. the world yes <laughs> you know at least you know at least you know down to the happening. last four decimal points how screwed down to you the are. last decimal point you know how screwed you are uh, all right so you can find us on twitter instagram and facebook at uh, team watchdog our website is watchdog.team uh, our more extensive long form pieces analyses uh, data projects there's the corruption one that's up there's more coming as well in data projects uh, you'll find all of that under long form and our usual fact checks as well uh, definitely visit the site until next time for the dog house sudanjay vijay ratna and i'm not in much <laughs>